Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com travel. That's wise.com travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Get ready for a wild ride because today you're heading to the Buffalo Roundup in South Dakota. Saddle up and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. And I've got a special one for you today, part of the Zero to Travel First Look series, where I highlight a standout episode from a new travel podcast. This one courtesy of my good buddy and fellow podcaster, Aaron Miller. He produced this incredible episode for a new series called the Travel South Dakota Stories podcast. And you're going to hear the episode, The Fall and Rise of the Buffalo today. There's going to be three things you love about this episode. First of all, as a traveler, you're always on the hunt for those unique local events. At least I know I am. And today you're going to be thrust into one. Uh, This is one of the most highly anticipated events of the year. It's called the Buffalo Roundup. It takes place in one of my favorite hidden gem destinations in America, and that is in South Dakota. During this event, you'll hear real cowboys and cowgirls round up a thundering herd of 1,300 buffalo, which brings me to my second point, some incredible audio in this episode. Aaron's team actually mics up one of the cowgirls, Molly, and you're going to be right there with her as she's cracking her whip and corralling the buffalo, which can, believe it or not, reach speeds of up to 45 miles an hour. So it really puts you right there in the mix. It is crazy to hear the sounds of these Huge buffalo just swirling around you. And then lastly, history. You're going to discover the buffalo's role in American and Native American history. And also hear from a Lakota rider who explains what the buffalo means to them. I know you're going to dig this first look, an episode from the Travel South Dakota Stories podcast, The Fall and Rise of the Buffalo. Stick around on the back end. I'll share a few thoughts on this episode as well as leave you with a quote. For now, enjoy the show. We got us three bulls that are aspiring, getting 
In this episode, we're going to start with a bang. More like the crack of a bullwhip. We're heading out onto the open plains of Custer State Park to take part in a tradition that is reminiscent of a scene from Dances with Wolves. Each fall, the ground rumbles and the dust flies as cowboys and cowgirls saddle up to bring in a thundering herd of over a thousand buffalo. This is the Custer State Park Buffalo Roundup. Roaming herds of buffalo, wild west towns, mountains, monuments, ghosts and gunslingers. Welcome to South Dakota, the land of infinite variety. I'm Brian Thacker, I'm a travel writer, and this is episode one, The Fall and Rise of the Buffalo. This is Molly Olivia, one of the riders, in the middle of it all. Watch those moles! Let them pass! Okay, well now we're starting to ride flanks. you got to watch your sides. Watch them! Just let them go! Don't! Just get out of their way! Yep, that's crazy. But before we joined all that craziness at the Buffalo Roundup, we head into Custer State Park to find out more about the Roundup and the Buffalo's role in American and Native American history. It was, you might say, the calm before the storm. Custer State Park is set in the beautiful Black Hills of Western South Dakota. This 71,000-acre state park is filled with open grasslands, forests and sharp serrated peaks. It looks exactly how it would have been 200 years ago, even 1,000 years ago. This is home to the mighty buffalo. You're experiencing what you see on TV and the old Western movies, the buffalo roaming across the prairie like that. This is Matt Snyder, the superintendent of Custer State Park. We're standing in front of the horse corrals, and as we talk, cowboys and cowgirls attending to their horses next to us. It's that Old West tradition that you don't see anywhere else in the, in the world, basically. I think we're about the only place that does a roundup of this sort. It's our biggest event for the, for the whole year, and yeah, it's going to be great. Weather's going to be fantastic, and we're expecting crowds of probably 20,000 plus again, which is what we've been seeing the last several years. So, And are the buffalo going to behave? <laughs> That's anybody's guess. These are actually American bison, but here they're known as buffalo. As long as we can get them in the corrals, it'll be a good day. So how many people will be on horses? We have 60 horseback riders that come out and help us round them up. Basically, it amounts to some draw riders. They're people that get drawn to do this. There's some guest riders that we invite. And then we have our core riders that have been experienced and been doing this for a number of years. And they kind of uh, break them up into three different teams and make it all work. So the question is, why do they have a roundup? Well, prior to the 1700s, up to 60 million buffalo roamed the Great Plains. Their numbers collapsed as settlers pushed west and the animals nearly hunted into extinction. By the 1800s, less than a thousand remained. But the buffalo are rising again. Today, they're up to half a million. But it's something that might not have happened at all if it hadn't been for conservation efforts in places like Custer State Park. 
Back in 1936, a small herd was introduced into the park, but as they grew, so did the need to manage and measure the herd. They would round them up every so years when the herd got too big for the range, and they basically got sent to uh, the meat packing plant, and then that meat got sent all over the world. Even during World War II, it got sent overseas to support our troops, so they would have food, and so it's a really neat story. This is Kobe Stolder, former visitor services manager at Custer State Park. But then, in the 60s, buffalo meat wasn't as profitable as it was in then. So instead, they decided to manage the herd from basically a natural standpoint. So they started having this roundup, which began in 1966, and then they sold them at an auction. Because at the very first auction, they found that buffalo sold for more alive than they did okay. uh, per pound. So once the auction took off and the roundup took off, they did it yearly. So it's all about herd management and range management. It's kind of embodies what we're about in South Dakota and uh, it always transforms you back to the days of the Old West. All right, we're just about to head out on a herd tour on the back of a truck. And taking us is Sterling. Hello, Sterling, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. So where are you taking us today? Uh, today we're going to go out to see the buffalo herd, drive around and let you guys check it out. Sounds fantastic. Let's get aboard. All right. We're going to go and see our first sight of buffalo. Very excited. Heard all about them. Now we're going to see them and experience them. We're going to get right up close. Hopefully not too close because they've been known to attack people, gore people. But yes, we're, we'll be, we're in the back of the truck. I think we'll be safe. Here's our first sighting of the buffalo. They're looking very peaceful and passive now, just sitting around. There's probably about 40 or 50 of them. They're going to get run off their feet tomorrow, so they need as much rest as they can, I suppose. <laughs> they are just amazing, majestic-looking animals. They're just... They're their shoulders. Look at the strength on those things. They look almost like ancient too, don't they? They look like they've been around for millions of years. And we're heading out into the actual prairie, out into the plains. Prairie dogs. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, we haven't just got buffalo. We've got some prairie dogs popping up their heads. Looks like something from a cartoon. But they're literally popping up their heads like they do in, in a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something. Just look around. What are you people doing in our... There's a, there's a whole bunch of them all running around. Okay, we're actually driving into the middle of the herd. Dust is rising around them, they're walking away because naturally they don't want a big car heading towards them. There's about 30 or 40 of them, and we're getting really up close to one now. They're just massive beasts. Oh, wow. There's a big male just coming up right behind us. That's a big, he'd be 2,000 pounds, that thing. Huge horns. He looks very sweet, but I think he could be quite mean if you uh, took him the wrong way. Especially with the spit dangling out of his mouth, he yeah. looks like he's ready for a fight. Yeah. It's getting a bit bumpy now. Whoa. <laughs> We're just going down into a big ditch. We're heading right out into the plains now. We're... Nothing around us, but just wide open plains. A few trees with the autumn colours. We're following the herd out into the middle of 
Nowhere. What magnificent creatures. So, Jason, what are you going to have tonight? The bison burger or the bison tacos? But the way this one's looking at me right now, I might avoid it. <laughs> the buffaloes might look like big furry cows, as Matt said the tourists described them, but they are mighty, powerful beasts. They're the largest and heaviest land animal on the North American continent. That doesn't slow them down, though. They can reach top speeds of 45 miles an hour and turn on a dime. Put it this way, if one of them was a running back for a football team, they could run the length of a field in four seconds flat. So I wasn't really sure that getting out of the truck in the middle of the herd was a good idea. But we're jumping out to meet Lydia Austin, the park's current visitor services manager. First of all, I just have to tell everybody where we are. We're actually standing out in the middle of open plains. Yes. Surrounding by lots of buffalo poop and buffalo. Yes. How many are around us here, about? Two, two, uh, three, yeah, about two, three hundred down in here. So. What's your day like tomorrow? Uh, crazy. Um, I will get up at two in the morning and I will be down here coordinating staff. We have about 150 staff, volunteers, and seasonals that it takes to put this on for the visitor side. That's not including the 60 Wranglers. You should get to bed now, I think. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, sleep is not an option this week. I was up at 5.30 this morning. Um, right. And so, no, it's, it's a busy, busy week. On the way driving here, we passed so many groups of buffalo, and there seems so many of them. How do you get them all together tomorrow into those corrals? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so, like you said, as we traveled down here, you're starting to see a lot of groups of them. Buffalo are matriarchal, so it means the females lead the groups. So a lot of times when you see them on the groups, here in this park, any park, it's usually a female, and then there's sisters, daughters, and everybody like that. So you have the groups broken out. What the park does is um, about August, we start opening up the fences. You've probably seen them as you travel the cattle guards and such. We protect the southeast corner for most of the year, so the grass is nice and fresh for them. Open that up, and so they'll naturally start coming into that fresh grass down in here. Then early September, we'll actually get horseback riders, usually park staff, and we'll just do the final push and get everybody into the southeast corner and then close them in. Come tomorrow morning, those horseback riders and Jeep drivers and such that you'll see, they'll actually line up on this fence, on the west fence, and push them to the corrals and just start gathering everybody as they go and push them down into the system. So this is the day before the roundup, but tomorrow's a whole different kettle of buffalo. We are we're actually joining in. We're sitting on the back of the truck, so what should we expect from that? So you guys actually get to be part of the push tomorrow and, and getting pushed into there. And so what your guys' trucks are going to do is going to be part of the roundup. You guys will be in the middle of it. You get to watch the dust fly, the buffalo go. And the truck's job is actually a protection tool. They're there to get between the buffalo and the horses if the buffalo just decide, hey, you know what, you're, you're in my bubble too much, get out. Yeah. Uh, the trucks are there to kind of protect the horseback riders and provide that support. And you get to be part of that. Oh, fantastic. We're so looking forward to it. <laughs> After getting up close and personal with our first buffalo, we headed back to the corrals, where cowboys and cowgirls mingle between neat lines of horse trailers and campers. Well, I was born and raised on Lower Brule Reservation here in South Dakota, up right against the uh, Missouri River, and that's where I, I grew up, and that's where I learned how to ride. I'm from an agricultural background. My whole family is in ag. They all ranch, you know, and I also ranch on the side beside working for the state. This is Jim Jandro the manager of Bear Butte State Park, a 17-year veteran of the Roundup and a member of the Lakota tribe. My first Roundup, I had a pretty fresh horse. He was probably about a three-year-old, and he'd never been ridden in Buffalo. And I broke a rein. And that horse gave me a runaway, and when I got him stopped and got him 
turned around, I was in the buffalo. Oh, wow. <laughs> that kind of that spooked me, you know, and, and I got him outside, and a friend of mine took a hold of his head saw, and, and uh, we fashioned my rein so it wouldn't come on done again, and we went back after it, and uh, that was uh, the most excitement I've had. Now, you know, you're totally out of control on a horse that's running away from with you. <laughs> and so. what do... What do the bison mean to the Lakota people? Well, they're everything. They use every every part of the animal, and in dance, they even use their voice. You know, so they don't waste anything. They don't take any of it for granted. Um, when you think about it, in the long ago, it was like our commissary on four feet. The buffalo always moved, and we had to follow them. Right now, we still just barely scratch the surface. I think for what we used to have eons ago for buffalo, and. Um, Part of that had to do with, uh, you know, like the, the Plains tribes. The uh, federal government was having a problem with us. They figured out that if they took away our food source and our source that provided our housing, because our, our teepees were made out of buffalo hide, everything that we used was made from buffalo. You know, if they took that away from us, they could weaken weaken us, you know, and, and, and therefore, you know, get us onto reservations sooner, make us dependent, which they did. They accomplished that, you know. Um, it's it's good to see that the buffalo are coming back and there are a lot of people that do care about them i mean truly care they don't it's just not a passing fancy or a, a money-making scheme they got a passion for them you know yeah. well thank you so much absolute pleasure meeting you yeah. as we bade our farewells and wished the riders the best of luck the sun was sitting on the horizon just hanging on for that last grasp of sunlight and as it finally dropped as if right on cue a chorus of coyotes began to howl even they know something big is about to happen. It's 6.30 in the morning, the sun's just come up. We're in Custer State Park for one of the most anticipated events of the year in South Dakota. It's the Custer State Park Buffalo Roundup. 25,000 people are turning up, we can see all the cars, but we're not one of the people watching it. We're gonna be in it. We're gonna be on the back of a truck chasing the buffalo. It's gonna be insane. And just one more thing to say, yee-haw! Volunteers and staff are buzzing about sipping coffee in the cool morning. The crowd had been building since before sunrise, waiting for the show to begin. Down by the corrals, men and women in faded jeans, western shirts, already mounted on their horses, even though it's still more than an hour before they need to head out. We make our way into the thick of it to look for Molly. Hello, Molly. Hi. Lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. This is my 38th year. I oh, know. We've heard. That's fantastic. <laughs> so. We'd love to mic you up for the event, if that's possible. It, it could get colorful. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what we want. So, that's what we that's want. why we okay. picked Molly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. <laughs> well, I whistle really loud. Oh, Perfect. really loud. Whistling's so, even better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've got a loud whistle. I've got a loud voice. <laughs> it's, that's ideal. And my dad is Bob Lannis, who is the 87-year-old man that's riding. He's so, riding oh, wow. Yeah. He's a team leader. Yeah. That's him right there. Wow, he's riding, he's 87. Yeah, so... Wow. Um, this episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos, and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. 
Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. We started doing this with Dad when I was... 17 and they wouldn't let us ride until then because dad said there's just a bunch of men around there and you're little girls i'm like we don't care we'll handle ourselves so finally we convinced him when i was a senior and she was a junior that we could handle ourselves and we had an absolute blast so and we've been hooked ever since what are you most excited about today um i just get antsy to get going all i want to do is just to get it started because then my head's in the game and your mind doesn't run about what could happen. It's like, okay, it is happening. So I've got to go and I've got to be on. And then my horse, he turns into a completely different animal. And I've had one gal that she got off her horse while the buffalo were running around her because the horse wouldn't cross the creek. And she's holding on to the reins going, come on, buddy, you can do it. And I'm like, get on your horse, he'll cross eventually, but you got buffalo everywhere. The cows are the ones we really have to watch for. And then as my father says, um, when the tail goes up, he's either going to charge or discharge. So it could be a mock charge, but it could be full on. And when it's full on, you better be hitting the gas because she's coming hard. And I've, I've had a few mock charges, I was actually trying to get a cow off of one of my friends. She was charging him, so I'm cracking my bull up and yelling and screaming, and she just, like, stops, looks at me, and she goes, okay, it's you now. So she went running after me. They go, when they're coming, when they're charging. And she was right here puffing hard, and I was climbing up his neck because I thought if she's going to come and shoulder him, I'm 
I want to be launched away from her. But she finally stopped the charge, and then she went back into the herd, and then she ran after somebody else. So they're, they're ones that are going to be really cantankerous, but I'm to the point where if I know that I can't drive my horse into the back end, actually have to hit him in the flank, if they're on somebody, if they're goring or doing naughty things, um, you got to charge your horse into their back end because that's the lightest portion of the buffalo just to knock them off. And when I lose my nerve to do that, I shouldn't be riding anymore. I need to, I need to hang up my spurs and do something else, <laughs> take pictures or something. <laughs> so. Okay, you want to record this because this is the meeting. Surrender a prayer for us this morning in my language, the language of the, of the great Sioux Nation. And so, you know, the commonalities we all share is our love for horses and the horse culture. And so in my prayer today in our language, I'm gonna ask the Creator to look down upon us and give us that strength and bravery, give our horses swift feet, and to be mindful of what we're doing out there. And to also remember these buffalo. These buffalo are a very, very special animal to all of us, not just Indian people. But a long time ago, they were very special to our Indian people, my ancestors. They provided us everything, everything, and so, I'm going to share that song, and then I'm going to share a prayer. We ask a special blessing for those that take care of these buffalo, the state workers and all these other people that take care of these buffalo in this land that they watch over them on. We pray for all the riders that they have a safe ride. We pray for our horses. Oh, amen. 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 Thank you, David. Do a little bit of housekeeping again and make sure everybody is checked in. So today, uh, move the herd into the corrals. You saw the route, your areas you're supposed to, uh, everybody, each team is gonna cover. We wanna do that without injury to people, horses, or the buffalo. We're limited on radios, so just communicate, yell into each other, make sure everybody knows what the plan is. Stay with your team, um, be attentive to those directions. Again, so, watch out for those bulls so they don't come up behind you, or cows come up behind you. Yell at them, let them know. Don't be quiet about it. Yep. All right, if there's no other questions, meet where your teams were, have fun, and thank you very much. Jim, where's your red team? team will meet up uh, right where we did yesterday. Uh, white team over here again. Okay, all 
the meeting points of the teams right now. We've, we're all saddled up and trotting our way over there. Morning, ladies. So the red team is heading up over the hill. We're gonna drop down into Movie Draw, which we haven't been able to see the buffalo yet because we haven't crested the hill. It's a beautiful day. We have us a tailwind when we are gonna be pushing buffalo. And funny thing about buffalo, they like to put their heads to the wind because that's where they have all their protection. So we may have a tough time starting them. Okay, so the buffalo are pretty close to the fence, so we're gonna have to kind of tickle our way through there. Okay, watch your backsides, people. Head on a swivel. Another hazard out here is the bulls are still tending cows, so what that means is they will stay right beside the cow that is starting to go in heat and they wait for the right moment to have their genealogy transferred, if you know what I mean. Um, and uh, they can be very, very aggressive. They will take on a steamroller if they think that steamroller is taking their cow. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. We're just about to head into the herd. I'm talking, we're about to head right inside with the buffalo. 
This really feels like the lull before the storm, I think. A storm of buffalo, a storm of dust. But these horses are raring to go too. We're just sitting here waiting and the horses are spinning around. They can't wait to get in there. Okay, we'll wait five minutes here and make sure everything's ready. And once Matt calls, uh, we'll have you start them. Let me know when you get out there for a mile or so. And then we'll, uh, we're going to start these ones that are up the hills a little bit. Push them down to the flat first. And then we'll take the whole bunch through a movie draw. Get your game on! Whoa, so, hold on. It's turning here. We got cows coming out! At last, the leading edge of the herd are in front of us. A phalanx of galloping beasts that shake the ground with their hooves. A great cloud of dust in the air above them. Okay, we're coming to the creek. Got a little baby calf trying to make its way through the creek. Slow down! We've got to keep him on this side of Wildlife Loop until we get into the opening where the Prairie Dog Town is. Whoops, I don't know if you heard that little slide. That's my horse crossing asphalt. It's like ice skates, because they just repaved the road and there's no texture to it. And I'm on steel shoes, so. I don't want to be Peggy Fleming. Oh, here's a nice pass right here. Well, we made it through the movie drawn. Our heads to Red Cedar Road. Where my dad is. Oh, there he is. She just cleared a seven foot ditch in one foul swoop. We're turning it into the. Oh, hold on. Come on, come on, come on! It is literally a death storm right now. Now we're out in the open area and we will be starting to push them through the prairie dog town and go up over the saddle and into the trap. Sometimes we let them sit. That's when they start thinking about stuff to do. So it's good to just keep the buffalo running. Now, we are in a prairie dog town. There are a million holes, I kid you not. We are pretty much behind over a thousand buffalo for the final push. We're ready to go. I think at this point it might start getting a bit crazy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, the cows and the turn down horns are nasty. Yeah, you bring her on. Okay, now we're crossing in uh, another little creek draw, and this can also be another hairy crossing. Drop down in here, people! This is a good one to go! The riders and their horses shoot over the creek bed with ease. We in the back of the trucks, on the other hand. Look at these guys, are flying. Everybody did sign their waiver? Yep. 
follow the herd. The animals are like dark phantoms ploughing through the fog. They run together, rolling, thundering down the valley. This is where I have used a vehicle to shelter me from buffalo. We were pushing them really hard. I had nothing but behinds and tails, and then all of a sudden I had heads and horns. And they surrounded my pony. And if I would have tripped, we would have been in an ink spot on the prairie. So there was a pickup, and I told her I was going to dive behind her. And that rock back and forth the cows and bulls were hitting the hood and the side and it was quite the time that's Chad telling us to give him a little push nice and easy so we're coming in All right, they are heading through the southwest gate, and they're just kind of moseying in. There's always a chance they might uh, try to push back. Wright's got to come in, hold up! And they're coming in. That is the favorite part of the crowd. They'll start cheering and clapping as another buffalo roundup is coming to a close. So thankful that all the horses and riders are healthy. Everybody stayed on their horses. Now we just have to make it to the trailer, hopefully. Won't do anything stupid between there and here. This was as wild as and incredible as we imagined it could be, or couldn't imagine it could be. The noise, the dust, the cowboys, the whistling, the crack of the whips, the thundering hooves. It's all now peace and quiet. We've got, I believe, about 13 or 1400 buffalo all into one pen. You can see the crowd up on the hill, thousands of people who are hollering and screaming as the final stage, as the buffalo were pulled into the pens. I think some of these cowboys and cowgirls will be uh, ready for a, a drink after this. <laughs> We head back to the corrals. 
covered in dust and high on the sheer exhilaration of being part of this spectacular and I gotta say sometimes scary experience of a lifetime. We were looking for Molly but first we bumped into her dad. I think it went great. They were running hard. They were running hard but the thing about it is is you anticipate this roundup all year long. I mean, from now right on on through. And a year later, an hour and a half, or a lot of times an hour, is gone. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's gone. The adrenaline, the adrenaline's gone. The whole, the whole bit is gone. So it's just, you know, it, you kind of wish it would go longer, you know, yeah. so you had, had more fun. But as far as fun, yes. It's a very, very fun hour. We'll put it that way. Just to remind you, Bob is 87 years old. So what year was your first roundup? Would have been uh, 68, I think. Well, this is 53 from from now. And you'll be back next year, 88? You even need to ask that question? (laughs) I mean, that borders on stupid. (laughs) Damn right I'll be back. Good Lord willing and the quick don't ride. You know, at my age, all I can do is just keep, keep hoping at it and keep going. And I'm, I'm not letting it go by. I'm not letting it go by. I just aim to keep going, you know, and I'm not going to quit. As long as I'm not getting senile and I can still ride my horse and ride him at a fast, fast pace, why not? I mean, what's stopping me? Nothing, really. No, just get on your horse and go, you know. <laughs> How'd it go? It went really well, really yeah. well. The steel side of the horse is on the ground still and the fuzzy side's up, so we did really, really well. <laughs> Had a few chases, a few runs, and... Uh, we'll take this off, you see, don't have to worry about it anymore. And we just had a wonderful chat with your dad, too. He's, he's, he's what a legend, what a, what a legend. <laughs> he is a legend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, growing up with him, I cannot describe a better childhood than growing up with that man because in the morning we were turned out outside. I built so many forts. I built bows and arrows, teepees. I hunted and did whatever I wanted. I played cowboy my my whole life and I am very appreciative of that. I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. We're very blessed to have access to all of this and South Dakota has been just a wonderful place to grow up in, and, and I'll be retiring here, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I asked your dad, I said, you're coming back next year? He goes, that's a stupid question, of course I am. <laughs> yes, as my mother used to say, God rest her soul, if, she, if we're upright in pink, we're coming back, so. <laughs> it was time for lunch. Although I have to say, I was a little surprised at what we were served up. So we're eating buffalo now, are we? Yes. Uh, buffalo. Here we go. So I'm rounding just, up. Just round them up now. We're going to eat them. Only a bit hungry because I think I've eaten about half a pound of dust. <laughs> the roundup was now complete, but we had one more stop to make. Later that afternoon, we hiked up to the top of Stockade Lake one of the many beautiful trails in Custer State Park. 
Only a couple of hours ago, we were surrounded by dust and 25,000 people watching the roundup. Now, we are in perfect silence. Oh, wow, check that out. What a view. We're climbing up to the top. Just reached the summit. Just get my breath back. And the end of our great bison adventure. We've come full circle and back to a view that hasn't changed in hundreds of years. This is why we came here, to the heartland of the American West, to experience an icon of any American West story, the American bison. Only a couple of centuries ago, 60 million buffalo roamed these plains. They were almost lost. But as long as cowgirls like Molly and cowboys like Bob and Jim get on their horses, crack their whips and fight for the protection of this vital piece of American history, the future looks bright. The Roundup hucks back to a different time, but the adventurous spirit of South Dakotans that has been a way of life for centuries still lives on. And that spirit is infectious, and the buffalo will continue to rise. What a truly unique and sensorial experience that was. But that is South Dakota, full of surprises and great stories around every corner under the wide open skies. Thanks for joining us for the first episode of the Travel South Dakota Stories podcast. Remember to tune in to our next episode when our great South Dakota adventure heads to the wild west town of Deadwood, home to the legendary figures Wild Bill Hickok and Calamity Jane for some gunslinging, ghosts and lots more. It's going to be, you could say, wild. So hit that subscribe button and follow us wherever you get your shows. You don't want to miss this. If you'd like to create your own South Dakota stories, you can find out how to do so by going to TravelSouthDakota.com. You'll find lots of inspiration, ideas, and everything else you need to know to plan your great South Dakota adventure. We'd like to thank all the cowboys and cowgirls who gave us their time, and the staff and the locals who featured on this show. Our fearless riders, Jim, Molly, and Bob, and Matt, Lydia, Kobe, and Sterling from Custer State Park. This series was produced by Armchair Productions, the audio experts for the travel industry. Find out more at armchair-productions.com. I'm Brian Thacker. I wrote and presented the show. Jason Patton recorded In the Field and produced the episode along with Aaron Miller. We'll see you next time on the Travel South Dakota Stories podcast. There you have it. Hope you enjoyed that one. What an immersive experience. I love the audio there. I want to thank Aaron Miller and the team over at Armchair Productions for giving us this first look at the new podcast, the Travel South Dakota Stories podcast. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. I always love discovering new local events and the bucket list just seems to grow and grow. This is one I'd love to attend in person. Hope you enjoyed that. Now, since we heard from Jim in this episode, a Lakota rider, I thought that I would leave you with a Lakota proverb. Here it is. It does not take many words to tell the truth. And I'll leave you with one more, a little bonus proverb, if you will. Touching the earth equates to having harmony with nature. And that's something I like to do, just sometimes get down and just touch the earth. It's always a good feeling. So 
there you go. Leave you with those. And thank you so much for listening to this special episode. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 